Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. beginning a brand new series today. It's called The Big Ten. It's on the Ten Commandments. And it's, you know, one thing that we learned through the pandemic was is that we need to simplify things. Amen? Get simple. And, and so I think that's, what, that's exactly what God did when he gave us the Ten Commandments. Let me give you the background. Well, let me share this with you. Will Durant said this, a uh, historian, he said this. It's coming up on the screen. Here we go. Here we go. He says this. No, <laughs> it's not coming up. Here we go. No, I've got it in my notes. No civilized society has ever been able to survive in history without a strong religious moral code. And that is truth is that we have to have a moral code. And God gave us this code. This code was given. Let me tell you why it was given. Is that God's people, the Jewish people, had been in captivity in, in Egypt for 400 years. And needless to say that as they, they were a very religious community, but as they went into the uh, Egyptian culture, it became an anti-religious community. It was a post-era of, of their religious beliefs. And sort of like America, America now is in a post-Christian era. In other words, it, Christianity does not rule today. And so in, in a setting like that, it was that they needed to be reminded of, of what God expected of them and a, and a moral code to live by. And so God just simplified. He gave 10 commandments that, that help us live, and they still help us today to guide our lives. And that's what it was. And so, listen, God delivered his people who had been in bondage. They'd been in bondage for 400 years. He delivered them in one day, right? He got them out of Egypt in one day. But it took them 40 years. They spent 40 years after being delivered from Egypt, wandering in the desert, because it took God 40 years to get Egypt out of them. Right. Amen? Right. And, and so in our world today is that, you know, it's not a matter of back, can God save our souls? Yes. But it takes a lifetime of him getting the world out of us. Amen? Amen. And so we have to have a, a standard to live by. There has to be something to live by. Anytime anyone says, I believe this, we should always ask the question, well, who says so? Because that's the God is that who says so? And that we have God's word here. And so anytime that someone's asking me about life or whatever, and they're telling me this philosophy, and if it's outside the Bible, I just want to know who says so. Because as a Christ follower today, the God's word is the who says so to us. Amen. And so that's what the Ten Commandments are all about. It's giving us direction. It's a compass to live by. So I'd like for you to do something. I know you've been standing up and down, but I'm going to go ahead and do it one more time. I'd like for you to stand with me. I'd like for us to read the Ten Commandments together. They're coming up on the screen for you. So let's say them together. You ready? Here we go. Let's say them. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto any graven images. Thou shalt not take the name of the Amen. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Honor thy father and thy mother. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not commit adultery. 
Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house, wife, or possession. Amen, everybody? Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I wanted to make sure that we... I, I heard some emphasization on the, the one that honored thy father and thy mother. You got louder on that one. I, I heard that, yes. That's right. I, I understand that. And so what I want you to know is that, you know, again, the Israelites traveled 40 years in the desert because they were learning, trying to, God was trying to get Egypt out of them. And someone asked, why, you know, the, the journey from Egypt to, to, the, to the nation of Israel was not that far away. Why did it take them 40 years? And someone said, because Moses was a man and, and he, was afraid, he did not ask for directions. Okay, yeah, that's all right. Yeah. So that we want to look at the first commandment today. We want to talk about it. The first commandment, look at it with me, Exodus 20 and 3. And it simply says this, you shall have no other gods before me. Would you just circle before me? That's the key, before me. No other gods before me. And that's what God is trying to say, is that you should have no other gods. Again, remember, we're in a, we're in a world right now that wants us to have many gods. As a matter of fact, you can, have, you can make anything an idol. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But Jesus said this in Matthew 6, and Jesus said this. He said, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be what, everybody? Added to you. So it's God first. That's what, that's what I want you to understand, is the Ten Commandments were given to us in order that we might think God first, that we might think about God first. And that's what I want you to know. Think God first. That's why we have the commandments. Think God first. And so the, the struggle that all of us have in our culture today is keeping God first. Amen, everybody? Amen. I mean, we all, all of us struggle with that. Amen. And so today I want to talk to you about how to keep God first because we want to think God first. And so the first thing I'd like to share with you is this. Number one is think about God first before you say something to people. <laughs> think about God first before you say something to people. Remember, it's God first. Think God first. And you see, we call this the God filter. And those of you that are Christ followers, you have an advantage over people that are not Christ followers because you have a filter. You have a still small voice in you that begins to try to speak up before you speak. And so, uh, you know, we, without this God filter, we'll get in trouble, right? right. I mean, you take... You take that God filter away from me, and it's a bad day. It's a bad day. I thank God for my God filter. Amen? Some of you, are say, some of you say, I can't believe what he says. Well, you ought, to, you ought to hear what goes through my mind that I don't say. That's why, listen, if, if I ever go to the hospital, I love you. Thank you so much for wanting to come see me. But I told Rhonda, listen, don't let anybody in if I'm medicated. Because that medication can take that filter away, Right? And there's no telling what I might say to you or in front of you that if I'm medicated. So I just want you to know that, all right? So I love you. Send your notes and cards and all that. But uh, if I'm medicated, stay away. <laughs> right? I, I mean, that's what happens. The God filter goes away. And so I wanted you to have the God filter. So let's look at some things, how to keep God first. We, said, we just said in, in um, the opening, think about God first before you say something to people the God filter. And you know, sometimes we can say the wrong things quickly. It reminds me of the young man who had just gotten his first job in a grocery store. He was working the produce section. He was new. 
And this lady come up and she said, son, she says, I want to buy, I want to buy a half a head of lettuce. He looked at her and said, what? She said, I want to buy a half a head of lettuce. So the guy's like, he goes back to his supervisor. He says, he says, sir, there is a nutcase out here who wants to buy a half a head of lettuce. What should I say? About that time, he realized that the lady followed him back there. And then he said, but I want you to know there's a very nice lady right here who would like to have the other half of the head of lettuce. <laughs> Maybe you're not that quick. That's why the Bible says this in Psalms 19. Remember I challenged you a couple months ago to memorize a verse a month? Well, I've tried to, I've tried to keep up my pace of once, a verse a week, but I want to challenge. This is one of the verses I would challenge you to memorize. This is Psalms uh, 19 and 14. It says this, thy word, it says, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. If you recite that verse every day, it's amazing how it will change your tone. And when you change your tone, you can change your home. Amen, everybody? And so when you, when you pray that prayer every day, Lord, may the words of my mouth and meditation of my heart be pleasing in your eyes. Oh, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. That means the things that I think as well. So that's where it's to God. It's God first. Think God first, everybody. That's what the first commandment, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Think God first. And if we thank God first before we speak, it will change our world. Amen? Amen. And listen, thank God first before you start typing as well. Amen, everybody? Amen. Oh, Lord, thank God first before you tweet and before you TikTok and before you whatever else you do. Amen? Thank God first. And see, the devil loves it when we, when he get, when we get mad. When we get angry, we don't think God first, do we? I mean, that's, that's the thing that the challenge to me and the challenge to you is in that moment, all of a sudden we get angry. And, and if we don't have that think God first mentality, we're going to do things and we're going to say things that we regret. Amen? Has anybody in this room ever been mad and did something you regretted? Anybody beside me? All right, I'm looking for the liars right now. Yes. We all have, haven't we? We all have. And so today, I just want to challenge you. Think God first. And that's why the Bible says this. Because when you, see, when you get mad, you're open pray for the devil. Because you just lose, when you lose that God filter, the devil will be sure to fill your mind and your mouth with all kinds of things, right? And that's why the Bible says this. Look at what James says. My dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to become angry. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. You agree with that? Right. Is that when we get mad, we, we become ungodly many times, right? Amen. And we say ungodly things because the world is that way. The world is ungodly. And you're like, well, they hit me, so I'm going to hit them back, or I'm going to do this back to them. But that's not God's way, everybody. Right. That doesn't change the community. That doesn't make us better when we do what everybody else does. We don't want to do what everybody else does. We want to do what God wants us to do. It's God first, everybody. It's God first. And when we do what God wants us to do first, it changes us. It makes me a better person. You understand that? It makes me more likable. It makes you more attractive. Do you realize that? When you're a nice person, you're more attractive? You should try it. It will. All of a sudden, it's, not, it's like, man, they are some fine-looking folks over there. That's right. Well, it's not because, you know, like we should be on the cover of a magazine. It's just that our spirit is attractive. Amen? Amen. 
That's right. And so, again, I want to say this to you. Why don't you say it before God before you say it to people? When you get mad at somebody, why don't you just say, well, I'll tell you what, God, this blah, blah. And you just say to God what you want to say to them. It's amazing after you put it, think God first, and you say it to God first, how that you wouldn't say it to God the way you're going to say it to them. Amen? And if you can change, and that filter can begin to work, all of a sudden, you're going to say what you need to say, but you're going to say it in a different way. Amen? And that's what it's all about. You see, if you will think God first and you will say it to God before you say it to people, let me tell you something. If you will say it to God before you say it to your parents, if you will say it to God before you say it to your spouse, if you will say it to God before you say it to your children, if you will say it to God before you say it to your mother-in-law, <laughs> glory to God, Thanksgiving's going to be good this year. Amen? Why not? Go ahead and start working on it right now. We're going to have a great celebration at Thanksgiving because I'm not going to say that. Amen? Yes, the turkey gets tough when you say bad things. Amen, everybody? You say, well, Pastor, you don't know my mother-in-law. No, I don't, but I know you. And so when you can just put that God filter there, it changes everything. So I have a next step for you. I hope you'll check it on this connection card. It says this, I will do my best to think about God before I say something to others. Amen, everybody. This, this box will change your life. Please check it. Your spouse is warning you to check that. Your children are saying, please check that box. And your mom and dad are saying, please check the box. Amen. The next thing, think God first. How to keep God first in your life. One of the other things I'm about to share with you, number two, is give financially to God first. Now, when I say this, I know that people are like, oh, he's going to talk about money in church, and I hate that. You don't have to hate that. Don't hate it because, listen, this is something that you don't have to do. You don't have to do this. You can go to heaven without doing this. You don't have to do it. But for those that want God's blessings over their finances, this is something you want to do. And so I'm just sharing. So let me just share to the people that want God's blessings, okay? Let me share with you that. It's that people ask me all the time. They'll say, what's the first step to financial freedom? And I would tell you the first step is tithing. If you go through financial peace, the first thing that Dave Ramsey's going to tell you is that you get your heart and your money right with God. And it's amazing how things start working out. Amen? And so I'm going to challenge for those that want it. It's there. And I, I will never be the pastor that doesn't teach you the things that God will bless you for. Amen? Amen. I had one guy told me, he said, Pastor, I never knew about tithing. Nobody ever taught me. Well, you will, I will never let that be the case here at this church. Amen. I want you to, I want you to have every blessing that I've had. I, want you, I don't want to go through this life and God blessing me and you not have that opportunity for him to bless you. I want you to have everything that God gives me. Amen. I want that for you. As your pastor, I never want anything from you. I want stuff for you. Amen. I want God's blessings for you. That's why Paul wrote this. Look what he says in 2 Corinthians. He said, remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each man should give what he's decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. That means that you shouldn't have a pastor sticking his finger right in your face and say, you give, you give, you, you tithe, you give an offering. You do it, do it. You should not have that to make you feel guilty. You should have a pastor to remind you of God's promises. And then you decide in your heart what you're going to do. Amen? That's what he's talking about right there. That's good preaching, isn't it? That's That's right. Amen. 
For God, look, for God loves a what kind of giver? He loves a cheerful giver, and so do you. Don't, don't you like it at Christmas when someone comes up with a smile and they give you a gift and they say, I want to get this for you. Doesn't that feel good? And then you go to the Christmas parties at your family and you had to draw somebody's name. You don't even like them. And you go, here. Or they go, here. You know, here you go. Yeah, you don't like that, do you? No, and, and God doesn't like it either. God wants it when it's bubbling up on inside of you. Say, God, I just want to give this back to you because I love you. Amen. That's a cheerful giver, everybody. He said, and God will make all grace abound to you so that in all things, notice this, and in all times, having all that you want, everybody? And what did you need? Not everything you want all the time, right? As parents, we realize that, that we can't give our kids everything that they want when they want it all the time. It's not good for them, right? And we have to learn, we have to learn that this with our Heavenly Father is that sometimes He lets us just give us what we need, and He doesn't necessarily give us what, he, what we want. Amen? But if you'll just hang in there with God, it's amazing what He will bless you with. Amen. 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 And He goes on to say, having all you need, you will abound in every good work. You know what that means? That means that God tunes you into heart and you see the good things around you. You get to do good stuff. And let me just tell you something. It feels good to do good, everybody. It feels good to do every good. You know, you see what Ron and I found out was this, is that when we, when we begin to, uh, to give to God first, it's amazing how we always had enough for the end of the month. But when, whenever, we, whenever we decided that we would give God leftovers, we never had enough left over. Amen? It's amazing. Whatever, remember, it's God first. Think God first. And whatever you put God first, it's amazing how you will have enough. When you don't put God first, you don't have enough. But when you put God first, you have enough. And that's what God's all about. He wants to bless you. My father, oh, my father, oh, he's a man who believes. I tell you this all the time. He's a giver. And that's all my dad can do right now because he's, he's pretty much blind and he can't get around good. But every time I get around, the only thing that he can do is he can give. And he talks about that. He said, son, I want to tell you something. Matter of fact, I sat down with him last Monday. And the first, one of the first conversations, he said, son, I want you to know you got to be a giver. I'm like, dad, I'm a giver. I promise you. I promise you I'm a tither. I'm a giver. I promise you. Son, 1973, that's what he goes back to. That's when I learned about tithing, son, and he started telling me this. But he said, I made a mistake one time. He said, son, I want you to know I had, I had given my tithe and said the offering bucket was coming by. And so I reached in my pocket and I pulled out like $5. I put it in the bucket and passed it all by. He said, and all of a sudden, the Lord spoke to me. My dad doesn't talk like that. He said, the Lord spoke to me. He said, God said to me, he said, Tommy, I bless you big and you give to me little. Now, my father's from the country, all right? He said, son, I told God. He said, God, you'll never have to worry about that again. I'll take care of that, God. Amen. And my dad, from that point on, said he's always given offerings because God's... And he said, you know what? I started giving bigger to God, and he started blessing me bigger, so I can give more bigger to God. You see what I'm saying? It's God. Amen, everybody? Now, what I want you to know is this, is that you never give to Stockbridge Community Church. You always give through Stockbridge Community Amen. Church. Amen. Amen. You, you don't give to it. You give through us. That's right. That's why we have, uh, on, you have this card. I'd like for everybody to take this card out. It's called our, our 2021 goals. Would, pl would you please take that out? I want you to take this out, and I want you to take it home. I want you to pray over it because God has given us goals this year. 
We want, to, we want to have 2,000 acts of service. And can I say thank you to our church? Yesterday, we served through the Dream Center. And uh, yesterday, it was probably close to 100 people again from our church that, that gathered to serve. And I just want to say thank you so much for that. We want to have 2,000 acts of service in our community. And right now, we're close to 700 acts of service. So thank you so much. Hallelujah. We want, to have, we want to have 200 people go through growth track this year. So if you've not signed, matter of fact, if you want to go through growth track, you can just stay for the 11 o'clock service, go down the West Auditorium, down there close to the kids' area, and we will, we're going to have growth track. So you can do that or you can do it online. But thank you for going through growth track because growth track is where you learn to serve in your church. You learn, to learn what's about our, our church is all about. Many people think, well, I did serve Saturdays, so I don't have to do growth track. No, 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 no. Serve Saturdays is about serving our community. The Bible says we need to learn to serve one another. Amen? And that's what growth track's all about. So, so please do that. We say we want to have 1,000 in groups and 1,000 in attendance, and say we want to give $150,000 away in missions. Well, I want to tell you what you did this week. Part of our missions is not just overseas, but in our own community. Well, this week, you know, and listen, it's, right now is not a good time to be a police officer. You understand that, right? There's a lot of tension there. Amen, everybody? And, and so, and they don't feel so well right now. And there's a lot of good, listen, there's a bad apple in every bunch, but most of them are good. I just want you to know that. In our community, there's a lot of, most of them are good and have good intentions. And so this week, you, because remember, your dollars do what you cannot do, and they go where you cannot go. This week, you went down to the Henry County Sheriff's Department, and you fed over 318 of those officers and deputies. You did that. You did it. <clears throat> Matter of fact, there's a picture with the Chick-fil-A boxes behind me. But I met Chief, Chief Deputy Officer Pearson, and this is his P&I's picture right here. I met him, and, and, and he actually is the guy that basically runs. He's the executive guy for the sheriff. And he said, you know, we told our officers that you guys were coming and were going to feed us Chick-fil-A. And, and he said, the question they kept asking, why? Why would they do that? He said, you know what? Because there's a group of people that believe in you and believe you're doing a good job and like you and want you to know that you're cared about and you're thankful. And he told him it was you. It was you. It was you that are watching online. I just want you to know, he said, listen, they're the church. He said, he said, you guys fixed this in Love Week, you know, like right at Easter, we fixed these little goodie bags. They're just candy little bags. He said, you would have thought it was Christmas. They love those gifts. You encourage them. I just want you to know, we believe that when you give, people live. Amen. And let me tell you something, because you made that officer's day and you made that officer's day when they go out and they're serving our community, you put them in a good mood. Amen, everybody. You have that God's spirit be inside of them. That's what I'm talking about. But thank God first, everybody. You're giving and making a difference. It's changing our community. I want, I want you to know you've got to understand that, that what you're doing and what you're giving is making a difference in people's lives. And listen, there'll be someone that'll be cared for because you gave and you taught an officer that their good still prevails and they're still good out there and, and they're still good people. And when that, off, when that officer Pearson said, I want you to know those good people are people from Stockbridge Community Church that love you. Amen. Amen. So I want to encourage you, keep giving the missions, everybody. We, you know, we had a goal of 150000 and I think we're about at 60000 to 70000 now that, that we're giving to, to, God, to God's work in our community and around the world. 
Thank you so much for that. So I have a next step for you on your connection card. It says this, I will do my best to be generous in order to honor God. Think God first, everybody. Think God first. Number three is this. Number three is start your day with God's word oh, and your week with God's people. Oh, good grief. I started to call you at 3 a.m. this morning to tell you this one. Oh, you've got to think. Think. Start your day with God's word and your week with God's people. I cannot overemphasize this. John 8, 31 and 32. Look what it says. Then Jesus said to those disciples which believed upon him, watch this. If you continue in my word, then you're my disciples indeed, and you will know the truth, and the truth will what? He will set you free. You've got to know the truth. If you don't know the truth, you will fall for a lie. Amen, everyone. That's why God gave us the Bible, so that you can know the truth. And it's the truth that sets you free. And, and listen, I, every day you need a dose of truth because you're going to walk out into a world that's full of lies and it's full of hate and it's full of violence. Violence, And you've got to know what God's Word says. Amen. You've got to get it inside of you. People say, well, Pastor Jeff, I tried reading the Bible, but I'm not getting anything out of it. Don't worry about getting anything out of it. It's what's getting in you that matters. Amen. It's what's changing you that matters. Amen. It's what's getting in you. God's Word, there's not a more important book in your life than the Bible. And listen, I, I read it every day. I get up. The first thing I want in my life is God to speak to me. And listen, I did this before I was a pastor, everybody. It's not a pastor thing. It's a Christ follower thing. Amen. Matter of fact, I wouldn't be standing here today if it wasn't for God's Word because when I went through the valleys, it was God's Word that brought me out of it. Amen. When I went through the difficult trials, it was God's Word that brought me out of it. It's God that's kept me on the straight and narrow. It's God's Word that kept me married. It's God's Word that kept me sane. It's my God's Word that will keep you when everything else lets you down. You can go to the truth of God's Word, and His Word sets you free. Amen. It will set you free. Hallelujah. It's God's word. The Bible says this. So go. The first thing I would challenge you every day is let God speak to you before anybody else talks to you or you talk to anybody else. See, then the next verse, Hebrews 10, 25 says this. It says, forsake not. He said, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Once you circle that habit of doing, that's one thing that coronavirus did is changed our habits. Amen. And there's some of that are watching online now. We want to say we thank you for being there. But there's some of you right now that need to change your habit and come and join us back in God's house. Amen. Amen. It goes on to say, some of the habit are doing, but let us encourage one another. Notice that. All the more as you see the day of approaching of Jesus' return. Let me say this. You need two things. You need the truth of God's word and you need the encouragement of God's family. Amen. It's, it's, like, it's like charcoal, you know, when you light a fire with charcoal and, and, and all the little coals are together, that thing will burn a long time. But if one of those charcoals falls off to the corner over here, that flame goes out. And God doesn't want that to happen in your life. And neither do I. Neither do I. You know, the one thing that I would tell you is the devil can get you to do anything if he can get you to believe a lie. The devil can keep you from going forward in your life if he can, keep you, if he can get you to believe a lie. You see, he wants to hide the truth from you. If you don't, the truth sets you free, but a lie makes you dead. That's Fred Sanford. I used to say, I used to watch Fred Sanford. He used to say that. Yeah, Esther's come in. She said, Fred, the truth will, the truth will set you free. And he said, Yeah, Esther, but a lie will make you dead. 
He said, that's Fred. <laughs> but I want you to understand, it is this, truth. The devil, if he can get you to believe a lie, he'll hold you down. He'll hold you back. There's a great escape artist named Harry Houdini. Harry Houdini was a guy that they would put him in straight jackets and he would be thrown into water and somehow he would get out of the straight jacket. And, it, and, and back in the 1900s, early 1900s, he'd go around doing these shows all over the country. And in order to get people to come and watch, he would tell the police there, he'd say, okay, put me in your jail and I'll escape. And sure enough, they'd put him in the jail cell and somehow within minutes, he'd be out of that jail cell. They couldn't figure out how he escaped. And he went into one town and they... You know, they knew the stunt that he would do. So one of the jailers had a plan. He would lie to Harry. He took Harry, put him into the jail and locked him, put him in the jail. And he took the key and he, he acted like he was turning the key, but he didn't turn the key. Actually, the door was unlocked. And so Harry Houdini said, okay, I'll get out of here. And every time Harry Houdini would go in, because he believed the lie, he believed the door was locked, he kept locking himself in and he could not get out. It was the only time he could not get out. It was because he believed the lie. That lie kept him imprisoned. It kept him behind the bars. What I want to tell you is this, is there's a lie that the devil has been telling you. You'll never be better. Your marriage will never get better. You'll never make it through this grade. You know what? You'll never be anybody. Or you can't do that. You'll never get well. You're always going to be sick. You're always going to be this. And he will tell you a lie that will hold you down, and he will make you in, feel inferior, and he will make you less than. Amen, everybody? Less than. And there's many of us in this room that, that somewhere along the way, someone said to us, and it was used by the devil to be imprinted on our minds and our hearts, and we feel like that we can't succeed because of this. I want to tell you something. He will say that your past, that you've been too bad, you did too much wrong, and you know that God can't bless you anymore because of all this. I want to tell you that is a lie of the pit of hell. Amen. And that's why you need the truth of God's word. That greater is he that's in you this heathen in the world. Amen. And you are more than conqueror through him. Amen. And that God can do exceedingly and abundantly above all you can even ask, imagine, or think. Amen. Your God's not limited. And so today, so today what I've come to do today is to thank God first. And when you thank God first, you begin to, to insert the truth in your situation. And when you insert the truth in your situation, all of a sudden the, the bars are opened up and you get to walk out of jail and you get to be a brand new person on the inside. And you get to look at the world a whole, as a whole new different place, amen. It's not what I can't do, it's what I can do. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, amen. I am more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I know who I am. You can't tell me. I know in Jesus I can. Hallelujah. Glory to God, everybody. Come on, stand with me. When you know, when you know the truth, you're a dangerous man or woman. When you know the truth, because nobody can sidetrack you. Nobody can push you by because you're standing in the truth. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. This morning, some of you, listen, there are many of you are behind the bars because you believe the lie. It could be over your past. It could be something that happened to you that makes you feel less than. 
But today, God is saying, I'm going to come to set you free. And today, the bars, if you allow God, He's going to open up the bars. And you're going to walk through, and you're going to walk free today and not be that person. The first step, if you do not know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're imprisoned. And so I would challenge you today that you ask Jesus Christ to come into your life and save you. That's the first step. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to do anything. Just say it. God, come into my life. Jesus, come in me and save me. I need you. I need you. And we just ask you to check it on that card. It says, I'm praying the prayer to become a Christ follower. We ask you to check that box so we can pray for you. But the rest of you, I want to talk to you today. That something's got to break. Something's got to break. There's a lie about your children that something's got to break. Amen. The devil has told you that they're never going to come around and that they're lost and all this. And there's some of you, God, he's told you a lie about your parents. He told you a lie about your marriage. He's told you all kinds of lie about your future that you're never going to, never going to happen. Well, today something's got to break. Amen. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.